Hello and good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. Yes. Yes. I am friend of the show, Jason Eakin, and live from Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles, California, this is Battleship Pretension. Well, now your co-hosts for this evening's show uh, are far too shy to let you know. But today, December 4th, is a very important day for this podcast and their friendship. Although the show itself, produced heavily edited, though it is, uh, and on the internet, it's less than four years old. But tonight marks the nine-year anniversary of the origin for the idea for the show, as well as the first recordings Tyler and David ever made for this show. Nine years. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Few people know the details of the story that I am about to tell. For as listeners well know, Tyler and David keep their personal lives shrouded in mystery. They are enigmas wrapped in riddles surrounded by tongue twisters. The year was 2001. Tyler and David had recently defected from Springfield, Missouri, and were now living in Chicago pursuing degrees at Columbia College Chicago, or, as it was known in those days, the Columbian College of Chicago. But on this night, December 4th, 2001, the pair traded in the Windy City for Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where they gathered with a hundred or, uh, uh, or, uh, or, or so other people sorry, to uh, celebrate the retirement of their beloved teacher, Mr. Bumgardner. This particular Ramada Inn reception hall was called Eagle Landing 2, and it glistened with artificial snow and fake holly, as well as a banner that read, That's a wrap, Mr. Bumgardner. <laughs> the holiday decor was just as David imagined as he brushed off the dark Midwestern chill from his tweed jacket, the first of 11 he would own over the next three years. As he saddled up to the bar full of cheer and free of worry, he noticed his friend, Tyler, slump-shouldered and unshaven. Tyler, using the skills he'd acquired during his apprenticeship to a local private investigator, was already on his fourth scotch. It was one of Tyler's famous moods, the old friend could tell. Just saw that Harry Potter movie again, said David, trying to bypass Tyler's dreary disposition. Liked it even more this time. That Michael Gambon is great as Dumbledore. He'll get his, groaned Tyler, adrift in a sea of longing of his own concocting. Oh, he'll get his. Confused, but not wanting to, pass, uh, to press the issue or cause a scene, David obtained for himself a cocktail and steered Tyler towards their table. The ceremony was lavish and handsome, as expected. Many speeches were made about Mr. Bumgardner, his decades of work as an educator, the girl's second-string volleyball coach, theater director, chess enthusiast, and literary hopeful. And there was a particularly, particularly elegant 12-minute slideshow presentation set to I Hope You Dance by God's own Leanne Womack. The whole, fair, the, the whole affair was lovely, and it moved David to tears, blubbering with feeling. He looked over at Tyler, but Tyler's face was drearier than ever. Oh, what's the matter, cried David. Don't you see, chortled Tyler, tension seeping from his pores. Mr. Bumgardner's lived more a life than I'll ever live. All those years dedicated to his craft. Look at the lives he's, he's touched. Look at this fine hotel, this sumptuous ceremony. Now look at me. I want to be a film critic, damn it. And I have so many films to critique and yet not a single soul to critique them too. And what are you going to do about it, boys? 
His voice boomed at them as it had so many long nights in the junior high theater exploring the dense texts of Chekhov and Beckett. Our two heroes turned and there was Mr. Bumgardner standing before them, filling them with that peculiar mixture of dread and awe that only very large men with fearsome beards can do. Well, sir, said Tyler, I've been writing reviews, but I can't seem to find a paper to publish them. Oh, hell, print is dead! The looming luminary scoffed. What do you know about the internet, boys? Not much, said David. It's still quite new. No one knows what it can do, what untold powers it it, uh, uh, holds. Then Mr. Bumgardner leaned in close, arms encapsulating the two pupils, and he whispered two simple words that would change their lives forever. Internet. Radio. (laughs) A moment later, they turned toward each other, their eyes glowing wide as their synapses sizzled sizzled and neurons whizzed. They turned back to Mr. Bumgardner to thank him, but he'd vanished. (laughs) They never saw him again. That night, after the hotel's meek-minded denizens slipped off to slumber, David stepped out to procure copious quantities of cigarettes and red vines, and Tyler, using the skills he'd acquired during his apprenticeship to a local magician, picked the simple lock and slipped back into Eagle Landing, too. He stripped the place of its wires and microphones, slung them over his shoulder, and retreated to the hotel room. Late into the early hours of the morning, Tyler and David discussed and argued over what the program's format should be. Mere reviews? Certainly not. This was to be a more academic endeavor, where one could discuss a myriad of different films under the banner of a united topic. There would be no frills, no pointless chit-chat up front, not a single wasted moment of their listeners' precious time. No, just a serious discussion of the world of cinema. Now, Tyler, using the skills he'd acquired during his apprenticeship to a local electrician, rigged the sound equipment through the hotel's alarm clock in conjunction with his own microcassette recorder, which in retrospect could have done the job handily on its own. He downed the last of the whiskey and broke the bottle against the bathroom door, glass ricocheting and slicing his hand in three places. The gashes would receive severe medical treatment the next week, by which time the hand was a purple, throbbing stump. He was ready. David removed his new tweed jacket and laid it on the bed. He considered the jacket a moment, admired its fine texture and simple maturity. Then he thought better of it and put the jacket back on. He looked at his new co-host on this exciting endeavor as Tyler finished wrapping his swelling, bleeding hand in a nearby queen-sized bedsheet. And then Tyler uttered, no, no, David uttered, his now famous catchphrase. Let's get things started, okay? What they discussed that show is largely the stuff of folklore and Indian myth. Some say that they gave their opinions on whether that upcoming Lord of the Rings movie looked worth a damn. Others claim they listed their top ten films of all time, marveling at how, as if in a state of serene symbiosis, they both named Fight Club as the greatest film ever made. (laughs) We'll never know for sure, as only fragments of the recording now remain, discovered just last summer in the air ducts of their hotel room, in majestic Cedar Rapids. And as a treat for everyone tonight, we actually have a clip of that first recording. Frank, go ahead and play that clip. Now, uh, we don't actually have the clip for tonight, so if you get the podcast version of this, you won't hear what I'm saying right now. It'll just be the clip. So I'm just going to move on as if we have already played the clip. Wow! What an amazing glimpse into BP history. 
Great job, Frank. As you heard in the clip, they started recording, recording at 10.27 p.m. Midwestern time or 8.27 Pacific time. Now, we are less than a minute away from that exact time they began recording nine years ago. So let's do a countdown, okay? 30, 29, 28, 27. Uh, one more note. Um, you may wonder why it took them over five years from that snowy winter's night to actually start uploading and presenting their show since the technology for podcasting had been around uh, for a while at that point. Well, I wonder the answer to that question myself sometimes. But you know, there's some things we are never meant to know. And that's just the way it is. Okay, only a few more seconds. Count down with me and we'll wish them a happy anniversary, okay? Five, four, three, two, one. Happy anniversary! Ladies and gentlemen, here are your hosts of Battleship Pretension, Tyler Smith and David Bax. That's our show. That's all true. You know, I was under the impression that uh, public masturbation was illegal. <laughs> but apparently, if it's verbal, it's fine. Right, Jason? All right. Oh, oh good Lord. <laughs> oh, I need a nap. All right. Welcome aboard, I'm sorry, hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you all for coming. Very exciting. All right, so this is uh, show number four. Uh, we don't really have anything up top. Uh, I've, I'm so exhausted. We, so, uh, we abandoned the up top, the scripted up top banter two oh shows my. ago. Very much so, yes. And you're all the better for it. Yeah, although this is a little rough. Uh, I couldn't find your cards. So here, while I do this, you go grab your cards. Because we do the, this uh, trivia thing. We have five questions, because the first three might be too difficult. I'm not sure. I, uh, I've lost all perspective on what people do and do not know about film. So here we go. Trivia question number one. What do you, you, can, you can win stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no, you can win shirts. Are you nervous? Yes. This is our fourth time. I know, but look let at, me, let me tell look you at these people. Let me tell you why I'm nervous. Okay. This is our fourth show. Yep. The three previous shows, I wore the same pair of trousers. Okay. The, they were, they were uh, gray from the Gap. Oh, no. And for the uh, listening audience at home, uh, the podcast later, I'm wearing a, a sort of a, a tan chino that could uh, conservatively be described as relaxed fit. <laughs> and so I'm not sure that I'm... Uh, you know, I, I don't have my, my uniform on. I hear you, actually. I wore a different. I usually wear the, the, uh, the green flannel to match uh, the depiction of me on the poster. Which, by the way, who here uh, saw our awesome poster? <laughs> All right. Uh, that's uh, Adam Rebitaro is responsible for that, yep. and uh, it was pretty awesome. Okay, so, so yeah, okay. Let's, let's get into it, shall so we? Let's talk about uh, some trivia. I have you, so you can win yeah. some Battleship Pretension merch. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we're not going to talk about trivia. We're going to ask the trivia questions. You know, tomato, tomato. Fair enough. Um, you can I'm, get all this merch at the Battleship Pretension store through battleshippretension.com. You can, but you won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so question number one is, is mine. Okay. So this one, this one might be rough. I don't know. 
In the spirit of the season, everybody, we'll go ahead and ask some Christmas-themed questions. Santa Claus is one of the most portrayed characters in film history. Name two of the actors to have played him in the last 20 years. Okay, that's one. Yeah. Oh, but do you have to? Uh, yeah, you got to go with two because you can't split a T-shirt with someone. Okay. All right. Anyone else? She gave you one already, Tim Allen. Okay. He wasn't on my list, but I'll. Paul uh, Giamatti. There you go. Okay. Uh, do we have two shirts? Oh well, that's a friend of mine, so I'm not not. Thanks, okay. Bobo. Well done. So We're gonna give it to him. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question the second. I get, uh, I'm, I'm just reading these now. Uh, apparently also in the spirit of the season. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol has been adapted into film several times. Name the film that is loosely based on the story and stars Bill Murray as a heartless television executive. This guy right here gets a t-shirt. All right, you, you, you get thought, a uh, You'll Get Yours Gambin t-shirt. Do you listen to the show? Do you even know what that reference is? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, long story short, I, w- I once had a dream about actor Michael Gambon in which uh, he made fun of me in, front of, uh, in public, and I swore that he'd get his. I knew you didn't listen to the show. You, you too, know, uh, yeah. too put together. <laughs> All of you should be insulted, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't think any of you listen to my show, which is unfortunate because a good number of you are my, my friends. Your, your show? Huh? Your show? My, oh, I'm sorry. No, my show. No, our show. Okay. Question the third. Okay. Question number three. Question number three. The final question. Thank you. The God. final question, hopefully. All right. While there have been countless Christmas movies, there haven't really been too many Hanukkah movies. Adam Sandler made a dreadful animated movie about Hanukkah a few years ago. What was it called? Eight Crazy Nights is correct. Now you get a t-shirt. All right. So here's what you win. We're all out of t-shirts. You win. Oh, this is even better, though. No offense to the two guys who got the t-shirts. This is even better. So you remember that guy at the top of the show, Jason Aiken, front of the show? Uh, He wrote and directed a film called Reservations. Uh, that I acted in, and uh, David and I do commentary for. So you win a copy of that. Yay! All right. That was nearly painless. So let's uh, wrap it up. Maybe the reason I get nervous during the show is because you're constantly undercutting me. Yeah, you mean you get nervous during your show? Um, All right. Let's, uh, let's get this. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, great acts and some great comedy talk. So, so let's get into it, shall we? Oh, well, we... I, I uh, oh, the intro. Okay, all right. So we didn't want to interrupt Jason by this, coming up and getting our cards. Well. So our first guests host a comedy podcast called Guys with Feelings. Uh, one of them has a web series right now that you can check out on Adam TV called Jason Nash is, Mar- is Married. Uh, and, the, and he has an album out? I didn't know that. In the land of tall buildings and red fire engines, is that an album? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, limo driver. Thank you, Tyler and David. How about a hand for these guys? Fuck yes. Yeah, you are put together. Jesus Christ, you've never heard this show. <laughs> Boy. We are, uh, that was the most confusing introduction I've ever heard. He was, he, he once was a, in a play in high school, 
Here is, I'm Jason. I'm well, Pete. Can I defend myself? I had... Who did your research? I had an intro written for Jason Nash, and I was... Who wrote your intro? I did, but I, I, I was... <laughs> I was improvising the limo yeah, driver one. It sounded like some intern was like, who fucking wrote these cards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, no, it was me. I wrote everything on the card, but it's, it's our show. <laughs> I don't know. All right, sorry. Tyler and David, everybody. All right, we're a limo driver, and uh, we, uh, we wrote a song, especially for these guys, about a movie that we love. And uh, this song is about that. Thank you. This is Jason's mom watching Taken with Liam Neeson. This is Jason's mom watching Taken with Liam Neeson. You get him. That's what you get. You don't mess with somebody's daughter. Punch him. Punch him in the face. His daughter lives with his ex-wife But she wants to go to France For the summer And Liam Neeson won't let her go Why is it being such a prick? Cause she gets abducted right when she gets her He was right, Jay! How did he know that? How did he know that? He's not psychic, but he had like a sixth sense about it he knew that if his daughter went over to France, something terrible was going to happen to her. Are your feet cold? My feet are cold. Central intelligence paramilitary operative. Central intelligence paramilitary operative. Central intelligence paramilitary operative. Named Liam Neeson. She's taken. She's taken. She's taken. I'll take her. So now he's off to France with hardly any clues. Because that's how fucking good he is. And that's how fucking good he is. It's always a bitch taking down a sex slave ring. When you're just one man, yeah. But that's how fucking good he is. And he finds his daughter right before she's sold to a dark prince. And he starts kicking ass right when he gets there. You do not mess with somebody's daughter! Listen to me, Jay. We didn't have a lot growing up, but the one thing I gave you was the will to believe and to dream that anything is possible. Look at Liam Neeson. He don't even speak French. But he went over there, and he found his daughter like nobody's business. Why? Because he put his mind to it. So if you really believe, if you really truly look in your heart, you can do anything you want, son. You and your friend there that's way too old to be smoking that much pot in one day. You guys can do it together. You'll see. You'll see. It's all gonna come true, son. You'll see. Kicking ass and taking names. Blow stuff up like Liam Neeson. Kicking ass and taking names. 
Got to believe for no reason Kicking ass and taking names Blow stuff up like Liam Neeson Kicking ass and taking names Got to believe for no reason More of the story Head down to Blockbuster and rent a video with your mom And you might learn something about yourself <laughs> Oh yeah, and my mom Yeah, after watching Taken with Liam Neeson she uh, moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and she opened a beauty shop. It was always her dream. <laughs> and things were going great. Until last night, when some French dudes busted in, and they took her hostage for, like, no reason. Don't worry, Ma, I'm coming for you, and I know where you're gonna be. She's taking ass and taking names. She's blow stuff up like Liam Neeson. She's taking ass and taking names. Got to believe for no reason. She's taking ass and taking names. Blow stuff up like Liam Neeson. She's taking ass and taking names. Got to believe for no reason. That was Jason's mom watching Taken with Liam Neeson. Ladies and gentlemen, limo driver. That was great. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna sit. Yeah. So this is a uh, horrible visibility for a show, huh, with these posts. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, we... I've done other shows here. It's always the case. Not you guys' fault. <laughs> it's always... I'm positive. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, you can uh, take We're happy anyway. to have you. Uh, you What's know, up, guys? Not, not evidenced by my st- stilted intro. But oh, I'm, come on. I, I, just, I apologize. I don't, don't apologize. I don't care. <laughs> this is fun. Hey, you know what was funny? Uh, Do you guys ever see Walk the Line? Uh-huh. Uh I loved him walk the line when uh when uh, like the 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 part of the movie where uh everyone's like excited for Johnny Cash is when he and I'm a father, you know, is when he just fucking leaves his wife and kids <laughs> <laughs> and becomes Johnny Cash. And everybody's like, "Yes! Fuck leave those albatrossy kids. <laughs> Go become Johnny Cash." That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I can't. I don't understand how they could do that. How they could put that in the movie, like block that part out. You know what I mean? But it's you know it's what happened. Well, then that's not right. Right. But I I think the the argument is that just because it's what happened doesn't mean that you're supposed to you know cheer for it. Oh, okay. So you're saying it should they should put like a negative spin on it? I think so. I don't. We were all supposed to be like, all right, yes, you're the kid, not those kitty kids. You're, you're the selfish. You're supposed to be the selfish one. You go do a lot of drugs and get laid and never see those kids again. Well, you know, the, the greater good, Jason. Yeah, he's I a guess. Music, I don't know. He's a musical genius, but so it makes it okay. That's like a, it's just a double standard, isn't it? It's just terrible. People, it's just, you know, I guess it's I well, think you're just a little bit jealous. Yeah, that you haven't that's thought true. I, your kids yet, you know, I think you, you I mean, it it's great that you're learning lessons from Taken, but I think maybe you need to take a few cues from Walk the Line. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Turn a page in the next step. And All right, fucking I'll leave my wife and kids. Yeah. 
<laughs> great. <laughs> sometimes what, what when I, one man can do, another can do. Sometimes when I uh, when I'm leaving, when I'm going upstairs to bed, I just go. Uh, I go. I'm leaving. <laughs> like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're going up to bed. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah. I'm going up to bed. But I wish it was just gone for good. Now, I don't want to derail uh, what's already been derailed. Um, did you just quote The Edge? <laughs> yes, I did quote The Edge. What one man can do, another can do. Yes. The story about the bear that attacks people. Have you guys seen The Edge? Oh, yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black guy from Lost. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> whose whose role is pretty much just Am I to in die. that? Am I in the edge? Uh, I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, no, I, haven't seen it. I don't think I knew who you were last time I saw it, <laughs> so I'd have to I go back. I haven't seen it then. Um, but yeah, what I uh, this has nothing to do with anything. But uh, who here has seen the edge? <laughs> By applause would probably be. It's fine. Um, but uh, it's it's actually a surprisingly good movie. But here's the problem, is that in the midst of all this drama, because people die and it's very, it's very sad, uh, and then fade out, and then fade up, and it says, uh, the producer would like to thank Bart the Bear. <laughs> the first thing after like, this character's like, oh, he died saving my life. Hey, we'd like to thank this like, an animal that can't read, and it was just, uh, it just <laughs> totally undercut. You just spent two hours watching people try to kill <laughs> yeah, this exactly. bear. Yeah, exactly. He's the villain. Oh, I'm sorry. That has nothing to no, do with you guys. Have you seen you the should, edge? He, did he, he did, didn't produce the movie. This. The bear wasn't involved in the production. I think he got some back end. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I want to say, too, that Pete directed the web series. Oh, okay. That awesome. So that I didn't want, yeah, just because you, I didn't tell you to say it, but, but you did no. say it, so I, I needed to say it. Well, Pete, I'm sorry that uh, we, I didn't know until today that you were going to be a, a part of the show, but... Uh, I didn't know, know until today either. Oh, okay. Well, Pete, <laughs> Pete and I launched a web series uh, last week um, called, yeah, on Adam, and which uh, means that next week uh, we start work at Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but guys with feelings is back yep. after a, a long hiatus. About a year hiatus, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a welcome return. I'm, oh, I'm a bit, thank I'm a you so fan. much, David. It and might not be uh, any of my business. Well, what was the reason for the hiatus? Oh, it's it's a waste of money and time to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're telling <laughs> That's us, <about> right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, very... you stick with it for three years, and someday twenty people will show up at a comic book store to see you. Right. No. <laughs> right. I mean, you guys have other jobs, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just very hard to uh, have, do a podcast, and uh, we got really sick of it, and it was became like this awful thing that we had to do. And then, but then you, when you went out in the world, people were like, "Oh, why did you stop? We loved d- you doing that for free." And then some people <laughs> are, are like, "What's going on? How come you're not fucking doing the podcast?" And then I'm like, "I don't know, because I don't fucking work for you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so. it's strange how entitled people can be about such such things. It's oh god, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> and and the, well, the thing, there are so many, you know, podcasts, and they're all free. That if we take like we took a week off for Thanksgiving, and I'm sure like no one's going to come back. Like we took a week off, they all found <laughs> other podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. Some guy, much. some guy wrote on our, my Facebook wall, he's like, oh, so I see you're doing the podcast again. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to think about, I, I can't jump back into it right away. We'll <laughs> see if you're consistent. He's been burned before, it sounds like. <laughs> it he, can't, he can't open his heart again, you know. Only That's exactly what out. he wrote. I, I, you know, I had a girlfriend out of this thing. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I, yeah, again, to go back to my awful intro, uh, I, I, I saw... Stop, stop, stop focusing on the name. Anyway, You're doing great. I, you I had sl- some funny jokes in the beginning. Um, <laughs> I had a great joke the other night. Yeah. 
I, I, you know when you're at a party and you're like waiting to be funny? Uh-huh. Wait. <laughs> it's like you got something in the bag. Yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. Wait for I'm like going to my wife's. My wife's like an important uh, Hollywood person, and I'm not. So she drags me to these like ho- Hollywood parties, and we went to uh, we went to the Terriers party. Mm-hmm. There's like a part of the final show of Terriers, and so there's a director there, and his name is um, who did Rattlesnake Moan, Black Snake Moan. Craig Brewer. Craig Brewer. There's a director there, a very nice guy. And they're like, yeah, and afterwards, Craig is going to show a teaser of Footloose, the new Footloose movie, Mm. right? So this is how I was super funny for the first time in front of my (laughs) wife. And and so he he goes, all right, everybody, this is Footloose. And then I go, and uh, what's this movie about? (laughs) 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 But the director didn't think it was that funny. (laughs) He's like, fuck you. I fucking poured my life into this. <laughs> I, I I have noticed uh, whether it be with <laughs> whether it be with uh, me or, or or other people. Anytime I tell a story about, hey, want to hear this funny thing that I said the other day? <laughs> it almost you could just basically put in, want to hear how much of a dick I was the other day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's what being funny is. Is uh, it? I guess so. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that uh, my girlfriend is sick of me coming home from work and telling her all the funny things I wrote on Twitter that day. <laughs> she doesn't follow you? <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> and, and not, yeah, in, in, sign, not in any sense of the word. That's a bad sign. I can't say as I blame her. I, rem- I still remember, and I still hold it against you, the live tweeting of a golf game that you and friend of the show, <laughs> Jason Deacon, did. Deacon w- um, yeah, we decided it'd be fun to play around a golf and live t- tweet every 30 seconds for three hours about our golf game. I actually unfollowed both of you because uh, you were just <laughs> clogging my Twitter, and I was like, ah, I think I need to stop actually just being friends with them in general. What, what was something funny you said on Twitter? I would love to hear it. Do you have one of them offhand? Or, is you have a movie thing that you said? Like, Probably. Like, uh, love and other drugs is... With something I, like that, or I don't know. Given given the movie nature of the show, you would think that his tweets would be about <laughs> film, right? They're not. Yeah. They're the only time I tweet about about films is when I'm tweeting about the films I'm refusing to see that everyone else is going to see. So I'm I'm gearing uh, up for a big uh, just slew of anti Tron Legacy tweets. Oh, okay. Because I, w- I will not be going to see Tron Legacy. Why Why the hard stance on hard Tron? I think it's just a, a a contrarian part of my nature that I spend so much of my time. Uh, listening to podcasts and reading tweets and reading blogs of like yeah. film nerds that uh-huh. like I've been hearing about Tron Legacy for two and a half years now since Comic Con two thousand eight and I'm just uh, being being a contrarian. Uh, I'm just not going to see it. You'll see it. Was that? You'll see it. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. What, what went wrong in your childhood to make you like that? <laughs> Nobody cared about the things I cared about, so I decided not to care. Did your about parents the not get you an Atari? Right, so that that must be like, oh, now you guys are all into Tron. Where were you <laughs> when I was eleven? And I had no friends. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> and on that note, we actually do need to, uh, to move on. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so. Ladies and gentlemen. I love you guys. You guys Thank you so much. Congratulations on nine or four years. Okay. David and Tyler, everybody. Wow. All right. Even, I even managed to end it on an awkward note by not being able to properly execute a high five. <laughs> that was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was embarrassing. We are... We are so uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad we had Limo Driver to start us off well because I am off to a rough start. Oh, absolutely. I might no actually question. just sit the rest of the show out. That's fine. Um, now, uh, Frank, how how did uh, Jason Jason Nash work out for uh, our sound check earlier? Pretty much destroyed it, I have to assume, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So our next guest uh, is the host of several television shows, including What You Get for the Money. If Walls Could Talk and TBS Movie Extra, you've seen him most recently on uh, Mike and Molly. Please welcome Mike Siegel, everybody. 
guys. Keep it going for these guys and Jason Nash. Those guys. Is it limo driver or Tyler? Is it limo driver and Jason? Well, here we are. Cans of beer at uh, on the Sunset Strip in a comic book store. <laughs> Suck on that, Jim Morrison. <laughs> Who said the strip is dead? I'll see your heroin at the Roxy, and I'll raise you a couple Archie and Veronica's and uh, 14 charisma points for a dwarf of something, right? Is it charisma points? It's been a while. I don't, I don't know. Well, let's go crazy. Lindsay Lohan should be rolling in at any point. Free beer? Yeah. I'm all uh, for Lindsay Lohan. I like her because, um, you know, she's young. And, you know, when we were all, you know, people, oh, my God, she's like 21 and passed out in public. It's a tragedy. And, you know, uh, really? Because, uh, you know, I was 21 and passed out in public, and no one called it a tragedy. We, we, called, it, we called it Thursday, pretty much as, my friends were so concerned, they took out a, a Sharpie and wrote giant cocks on my forehead, <laughs> which was, you know, my therapy. <laughs> I like it in here. This is kind of cool. It's a cool little space. And by the way, when you have guests, you want them to sit lower than the eye line of everybody in the <laughs> crowd. Could you see anything back there of, the, of those guys? I was in the back standing. I couldn't see a goddamn thing on the sofa. <laughs> you want them lower. Real low. Dig a hole for them to climb in and we can <laughs> see the tops of their heads as they talk. Um, no, this is cool. This is, this is it's fun. I just, um, I've been watching, anybody watch the Sarah Palin's Alaska? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually waiting for Michael Palin's Alaska, <laughs> where he goes up north and just explains to the locals why the dead parrot sketch is funny. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my uh, all right, that's one of those temperature jokes, and you're like, boy, did that chew it in Hermosa Beach. I'll tell you that much. I never saw more stairs in my life. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to, I, uh, I used to live in this neighborhood. It was kind of cool. West Hollywood's very weird. It's, uh, you know, it's, you guys know, it's either like super gay or super Russian. And I'm sure there's like <laughs> one block there where it's just like gay Russian. And if I could do impressions, that's where anybody who can act in here should come up with that. Can I put that there? Because it's got to be hilarious. So use your imagination, because I cannot do it. A mincing gay Russian guy? That, there's something there, right? There's meat there. Sure. Film. Oh, I see it. Get Sandler and Schneider. I'm thinking Rob Schneider on board on that one. That's the Deuce Bigelow-esque. But, you know, when you're a single guy and you live in West Hollywood, it, it, you know, people have to give you the once-over. You know, it's like, where do you live, West Hollywood? <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, some guys just come out and say it, you know, West Hollywood, huh? Gay? <laughs> no. Well, why do you live in West Hollywood? Well, it's, it's convenient for my job. Well, what's your job? I suck cock for money. <laughs> What, am I so supposed to commute from Irvine or something? A, you build cars, you go to Detroit. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's Hanukkah. Anybody, anybody happy about that? It's Hanukkah. It's, um, um, 
Yeah, because I live out of La Brea now, and that's, you know, half my family is Jewish, uh, but they are not that goddamn Jewish. I'll tell you that. That is, wow, that's, that's fucking nuts, huh? The hats and the beards and the robe, wow. And all summer long wearing that, too. They stick with it. You know, and I always think, like, what temperature does it have to hit before you start questioning your faith? You know, just like... <laughs> It's like 104, 105, there's going to be just guy snap in the middle of the road, just whipping off his... It's like, there is no God! <laughs> Fine, I'll go to hell. It's got to be cooler than the temperature of my nutsack right about now. It's sweat pouring down my chosen ass. <laughs> but we get coffee. Uh, every time you need it. Every five feet in Hollywood, we get coffee. When did the words like free Wi-Fi mean, hey, set up your whole goddamn office here. Just <laughs> make yourself at home. Because you can never sit down, right? Because uh, it's, it's either like two groups. It's like the guy who gets one small latte and sits there and watches the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy in his, <laughs> in his bathrobe and fuzzy slippers. Or the, and then he got the businessman and the Bluetooth, and he's got you know, his secretary at the next table, and he's got papers and spreadsheets, and he's doing a PowerPoint presentation on the wall. And, Hey, jeez, hey, Dilbert, move your shit. I'm trying to eat a muffin. <laughs> got to have coffee every five feet here. Because, you know, when you're in Hollywood and your dreams are getting crushed, you got to just be wide awake to see that <laughs> happen. Got to be wired. Actually, I have a, um, this, happened, <laughs> this is a true story. Actually, I'm getting a coffee, and I was just starting to drink coffee. And uh, you know, my friend was, uh, I bought lunch, and she's like, oh, I'll get coffee. And I was like, well, that's fair. <laughs> and so we go in, and I don't know what, I, I just determined to get some crazy-ass order, right? So I'm walking in, and I'm just looking at it, and, and the whole time we just walk right up to the counter, I go, uh, yeah, I want a half-calf double thing with a drip, and a, you know, and it went on for about five minutes, what I'm saying. And then she just goes, what? I go, yeah, I know, it's the gayest thing I could order. And as soon as I said that, I look up, and uh, the guy behind the counter is just like, Full-on mascara, frosted tips, like five earrings. I was like, oh, I think he heard that. <laughs> and I know he did, but he didn't say anything. And it just, so he let it go. And then, you know, I get the coffee, and it's fine. And I'm leaving, and, and then like 20 minutes later, I get the cup, and I look at it. And right where they write your name, he just wrote gay. <laughs> I was like, well played, sir. That's, uh, just subtle enough to let me know he knew I was an asshole, but there you go. Um, I don't know. How long are we doing this? Is this are we good? You should, be, you should be getting the light, but if you want to call it a night. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Good night, everybody. Thank you. You like that close? That's a, good, that's a new closer I'm working on. Oh, should I take that? Yeah, yeah you, you can, can jump to the blue. The mic, so, uh, yeah. What's more for Mike Siegel, ladies and gentlemen? That's my new. That's my new clothes. Am I done? How about now? <laughs> um, so you got. Yeah, you got me thinking that. There we go. Better. You're the first it person is, to it? think of that. Well done. So um, yeah, Rob Schneider could definitely play the prancing gay Russian, but it would, it would have to be in a movie that's about something else that stars Adam Sandler. Right. right, exactly, right absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like Adam Sandler is such a star at this point that not only will people pay to see his movies, they're willing to spot him a few scenes with Rob <laughs> Schneider and like guys you went to grade school with. Well, he takes care of his friends, though, yeah. doesn't he? Holy shit. Like, I, like all my friends from Chicago, we've, we've all started, and a lot of guys, you know, like Jimmy and Pardo and mm -hmm. Dor and all these guys that I 
came up with. Jimmy's you know, Pardo Indoor. Jimmy's Pardo, the Jimmy's, <laughs> and a bunch of other people. We've all, you know, we're doing okay, mm-hmm. but we all wanted one guy to just, like, drag us all by, our, you know, <laughs> latch onto the coattails. It's like, where's our Sandler? Just, you know, <laughs> we'd have five movies between us. You could do it. What? You I could nobody. do it. You act. You what? Know, you act. Mike and Molly. It's on yeah. the... You're That's what tra- I need. I need somebody to put me in one. Oh, okay. You <laughs> can win it. I'm just saying, it's just a matter of time before everything falls into place for you. And you're, <laughs> oh, you really? Know, yeah, you're like the next George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Just um, a little, but thank you. Now, before we, before we go, uh, t- before we go uh, too further, t- too deeper, and too much deeper. Wait. Wow. What? Wow. We're done. <laughs> He's a broadcaster, ladies um, and gentlemen. I was going to correct your grammar, but I didn't even know where to start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we continue... Uh, there's a story. Okay. okay. Last time... Uh, I will, I will, I will, I will okay. set this All up. Oh, my appearance on your show? Yeah, Mike, last time he was on our show, uh, we kept having computer problems. Yeah. And so the, the computer kept crapping out. We kept having to start the episode over. Yeah. And so Tyler had this story, this Mike Siegel religious story that he wanted to tell. That he started out telling, and then the computer crashed <laughs> about 15 minutes in, so... Uh, we started again, and and Tyler told the story again. I was like, tell you know, tell it a little quicker this time, see if we can get through this. And then uh, it crashed again. So we started the th- the third one. And before I could say anything, Mike said, "Just don't tell that story." Yeah, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> All right. <laughs> so now Tyler wants the spotlight for a few seconds. I okay, Frank. <laughs> so this will be, by the way, the episode ended up being like what fifteen minutes long. <laughs> about about twenty two. <laughs> yeah. So um, two hours to tape, fifteen minute episode. <laughs> Um, but uh, I mean, also like you, there's a section there where you said like you you didn't really enjoy the Big Lebowski. We cut that out. Um, <laughs> so okay, Frank, are we recording. Everything's good. All right, Frank, feel my wrath, McGrath back there. All right, the, uh, the story is not worth it. No, it isn't. But <laughs> I want it. Kryptonite. The I want computer's going to explode as soon as he starts. Talking. Or everyone's just going to leave. All right. Yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, feel free to interrupt. I, I try. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh. Okay. So here we go. Spice the story. And I will, I will try to move it along. <laughs> uh, so we do a podcast. Very few people know what it is. Certainly none of my childhood friends. And so uh, I was in a – and I try to impress my friends and be like, I host a podcast. And perhaps you've heard of a little somebody named uh, – Graham know, Elwood? Graham Elwood. No, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't heard of him. And so I uh, – and I just keep trying to prove myself. Like, I'm really making it in Hollywood, guys. Come on. And then at a, at a wedding about a year and a half ago, uh, I was a groomsman. We were getting dressed. And uh, on TV was, I, th- I think it was what you get for the money. All right, okay. And I said, what you get for the money? That sounds familiar for some reason. And then there's <laughs> Mike Siegel. And I go, hey, okay, everyone, shut up, shut up. Look at the guy on the TV. I know him. <laughs> and <laughs> What part and, of Iowa do you come from? That <laughs> it was in Idaho. Idaho, and, um, okay. Sorry. And so, ladies and gentlemen, very that's, big that's there, the story. Yeah. Well done. I'm just saying, Mike Siegel legitimized me in the face of my old friends. Wow. So, thank you, Mike. I that, owe you a oh, tremendous debt. That was the story we wasted so that's, much tape on. Yeah. Three times. Battleship Pretension is recorded on tape. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the power of basic cable right there. Right. Now, Mike, you, uh, for TBS Movie Extra, you do a lot of film junkets and yeah, such, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and that involves... Talking to celebrities. Talking and celebrities, celebrities are kind of crazy, correct? Yeah. Kind of odd, at least. Yeah. Uh, do you have any inter- Every time you, you stop by, you always have an interesting story. Well, I just about- did this week. I did the uh, – we didn't do a full junket for the Green Hornet, but we, okay. uh, I just interviewed Seth Rogen on Monday. So it was just us around the car. And huh. the car is uh, – it's like a 19 – it's a mid-60s, like Chrysler Imperial. 
Mm-hmm. That's what they built it off. And they put, like, you know, crazy fake machine guns on it and everything. But they, I asked them, and they said they crashed, like, 25 of these things to make the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's not like a car you can just pick up anywhere. Where the fuck do you get 25 1964 Chrysler Imperials? And it turns out, they said there was some guy, like, in Washington State or something who had, like, 50 of these things. And they, they called him, they found him somehow, like, through the Internet, and they bought, like, 30 of them. And I'm just thinking, this guy was hanging on to 50 <laughs> Chrysler. His wife's been ragging his ass for 40 years. He's like, get that shit off the lawn. And, he's, and one day, Sony calls. It's like, yeah. you, you said I was nuts. <laughs> it's in. Just immediately, that, I want a divorce. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> do you think that guy, when he watches the movie, will be able to tell the difference? Like, does he, like, do they each have names? He's named, yeah, that old Betsy in that Dora. Yeah, but it was a cool car, but... It's called Black Beauty, and I like I literally <laughs> we turned on the camera, and I went. So when you first saw Black Booty, <laughs> and it just and he found that hilarious, <laughs> and he didn't, didn't drop it for like fifteen minutes, <laughs> and I never found out how we felt about the hot. Yeah, you don't get a lot of time, really. <laughs> Which is what I really wanted to know. It was no slip-up. I, I was asking. Yeah, you don't get a lot of time on the junkets. No, right? no, no. Those so things. This was like a different interview. It was just us. So oh, Seth wow. Rogen spends 15 minutes riffing on Black Booty. Oh, yeah. Like, when you had to shut take up back the TBS movie, movie extra. Yeah. And we can't use any of it, basically. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fair assumption he was stoned, right? I mean, oh, when probably. you laugh that... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's Seth Rogen. And then I was asking him about, like, uh, he lost so much weight for the right. movie and mm-hmm. what kind of training did you do? And he goes, really none. Because I guess Cato does all the ass kicking, yeah. <laughs> and he just like you know watches him, and I was like, well, that that's not fun. And I'm I'm not familiar with the Green Hornet TV show. Is that how it worked? Uh, did you ever see it? I mean, <laughs> well, it was Bruce Lee. Okay, was, yeah, was the Green Hornet or Cato back then? And then was the Green Hornet just like completely inept and like? I think, it, I think they they think that that's part of the appeal that he's like a regular guy, kind of in mm-hmm. the Bruce Wayne kind of thing that he does it. He wasn't bit by some radioactive thing yeah, yeah. or something like that. So it's like know? Jake and the Fat Man. Yeah. No, he lost weight. Yeah, just <laughs> right. That's right. Jake and the Slimmer Man. <laughs> I love the Slimmer Man. That's with uh, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne. <laughs> no that one joke, remembers the Glimmer Man. It's called the Glimmer Man, and that's that's a funny. I was joke. with you. I okay, that. all right. I, I, See, I know where you're going with it. Siegel gets it. Um, so, uh, yeah, how much money do they expect? I know you are predicting that the Green Hornet is going to fail miserably. At the did box I office. predict that? Yes, you did. Yeah, probably. Well, they didn't show it. I to say us. things. Did I say it on Twitter? No, I think you said it on the show. <laughs> yeah. They didn't show they did, it to I you. didn't get to see a screening beforehand, which you usually do. So that's... That seems like bad that. news. I know it's been recut a bunch of times. Yeah. The... And the studio, according to them, very happy with the new version. Oh, of course. How could they not be? <laughs> that's what they We're said. We're so happy. That's that, what they uh... told us. Very happy with it. We'll, we'll keep it under wraps. We'll yeah, let, yeah. We'll let it surprise the uh, people. We're going to let Christmas and New Year's go by. <laughs> and then we'll just... <laughs> you know yeah, when I mean, people go to the movies? We're not going to... We'll wait it out. January, January, January 14th or 11th. Or that's a, how they can You know, when they're it. back in school, you don't want them to go, you know, see it. Yeah, they're not, they're not, sh- <laughs> they're not shooting for that crowd. They Let's want wait until more- that busy kid season goes by. <laughs> it's just a superhero movie yeah, with action you know, in it. Let's bury it. We get it. Um, okay, well, my, uh, Mike, we're out of time. I'm sorry I spent so much time on that uh, on that story, but I will it was be better. Honest- <laughs> th- it was just as good the eighth time around yeah, that I heard it. And now it can never be told again. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you, everybody. But uh, all right, so Mike, uh, thanks for coming, Mike. Siegel, thanks for everybody. having me. Mike Siegel, ladies and gentlemen. All right, our our next guest.
Assuming, yes, she is here. <laughs> uh, your next guest, it says here on the card, uh, communal atmosphere, has her has had her own Comedy Central Presents. You can hear her every week on her fascinating comedy podcast, The Dork Forest. She has a new album out entitled, entitled It's Never Going to Be Bread. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Cation. All right. It's exciting. I love a comedy show in a, in a comic book store. Uh, I spent the day playing Dungeons and Dragons, nerds. How the hell are you? That's right, I am a 15th level rogue or something like that. Uh, I married into it, married into it, don't know a lot about it. Been playing for six years, still can't tell a D12 from a D20. Uh, it's fine. Uh, but here's what, I, what happened again today. It's a fascinating story, you're going to love it. Uh, what happened again today is that uh, we ran into dragons. and uh, <laughs> But get this. We don't run into them that often, and whenever we run into them, all the people I've been uh, I play with, which are have been playing since they were thirteen, little thirteen year old dorks, uh, they are now in their forties, and uh, and they uh, whenever we find a dragon, it's oh run, and I was like really I thought we fought the dragons, and they're like no 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 if you fight the dragons you die, so what you want to do is you want to run, and uh, you can fight them and then write a new character, but we're gonna run. And so I have never got to actually fight a dragon in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, though I did once. <laughs> this is a really funny. Anyway, um, I uh, uh, I offered to shoot one of the uh, this baby dragon with an aging arrow once. Huh? Crazy, right? <laughs> Crazy aging arrow. Um, because they get more powerful and more magical as they age. I didn't know either. So, uh, but the, it is fascinating. But the great thing about uh, about Dungeons and Dragons is that for about a week after you play Dungeons and Dragons all day long, all you want to eat is one tomato, uh, because you've spent the day Mountain Dew, Cheetos, nom nom nom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm a little ill. Uh, other than that, <laughs> other than that, uh, I am married. I know. I know. I didn't dress up for you. I've given up, Hollywood. Uh, I've genuinely, I've, because it doesn't matter how I, I've tried. I tried for years to dress up, and still casting people would look at me and go, oh, airport cop. <laughs> so it's never mattered. Never. So uh, fuck it. And uh, here we are. And, uh, and but I am I'm married to a man. It's all very exciting, and uh, yes, and because uh, I know what I look like, but because uh, you know who thinks I'm gay, almost everyone. Could have been went to college. Uh, it's not like I might not know. It didn't take. So there you go. Some girls that have gone wild. Excellent. So, uh, but here's the thing. So I, I get I get married, and uh, my it's been great. It's been great. He makes video games for a living. Uh, I am now completely an entire. Before that, I was a dork, and now completely and entirely dipped in a world where there's no reality, and it's fine because I love that. Uh, you know, a lot of people smoke weed. I am willing to reread that book again. Anyway, so that's that's how I check out people. But uh, but the thing is is. Uh, so last night, we're in the car, and I say, he asked me to do something, and I said, uh, I'll do whatever you want. And he took it as a sexual thing. <laughs> I'll do whatever, and he said, wow, so I wonder what outfit I could put you in. Would you dress as a shark? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, and then what, something unnatural would happen? Like you'd say, back that ass up? 
Get that? Because sharks can't go. Okay, so uh, it's a long way to go for a sharks can't go backwards joke. Uh, oh, yeah. It's good writing. That's what that is. So in other news... Uh, <laughs> He's, it's just, our lives are, are they're, it's out of hand. My, I t- talked to my dad today for no reason. My father, here, if you've ever thought to yourself, am I an asshole? Uh, actually, if you've ever thought to myself, I was raised by assholes, and then never thought to yourself, am I an asshole? You're an asshole. Uh, you have to do some inner work. You got to look in the mirror. You got to go because it doesn't matter what your parents are. I mean, if your parents are victims or whiners or fucking morons, uh, you might be one of those because uh, that's what happens. You, I, the asshole, does not fall too far from the tree here. Okay, uh, that's the original. That's how that went. No, but uh, but my dad, because my dad is a salesman, he will sell you anything, and hopefully you already own it, and he wants to sell it to you again. Because uh, he's a jackass. He used to sell toupees, and he would comb his hair like a toupee. <laughs> and then pretend to adjust it. <laughs> you should get one of these. Look at that. That's not going anywhere. Because he's a dick. I love him, and he's a hell of a salesman, but it's really good that he never sold, like, wooden legs or anything, right? Huh? Don't you want one of these? So, because... <laughs> But he sells aluminum siding. And the perfect, the example that I remembered recently is that when my dad used to sell aluminum siding, he would, oh my gosh, uh, if they didn't want it, because who does? But people do. And, uh, but some people don't. And he spent two hours trying to sell them aluminum siding. And he said that when he would get tired and bored and a little angry, sometimes he would say to them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've wasted your time. Um, I'm, just, I'm not accustomed uh, to talking with poor people. And I was like, wow, and you've never been punched? And he goes, no, no, I've been punched. And and I was like, what? And he says, sometimes you get punched. And sometimes they fold like a wuss and buy things. And uh, and sometimes they just ask you to leave. But uh, here's the thing, is you know going over the bridge that you're burning it. That's what you got to know. You got to know when you're walking over the bridge that you were burning that bridge. And I used that technique myself not long ago when I was talking to a club owner and uh, he was just fiddle and diddle about the money and I was like just what are you doing to me and so finally I just said wow I am not accustomed to talking to someone to whom two thousand dollars is a lot of money and get this folded like a house of cards that's right two grand Uh, I don't mean to brag but uh, these sweatshirts are not free so actually this one was but uh Yeah, and, and so, but he's a, piece of, he's a piece of work, and he's, he's 72. He's been working the senior discount since he's been 40. Uh, yeah, because he's always trying to get a deal. But now that he's 72, he wants to be the hot 72-year-old guy, right? And uh, he's working the ladies, going out with a woman who is 29 years old, my father. Old, old man. And uh, uh, 29, and uh, there's no way to tell. I mean, I'm happy. I hope he gets laid well after his own death. I hope it works out for him, right? <laughs> Uh, but I don't need to hear about it because I'm his daughter, Creep Factor 12. So uh, I, to try to shut him up, I just said, wow, Dad, I'm officially too old for you ever to molest. And he <laughs> laughed, so you get to, because he's a jackass, not a horrible person. I'm never going to have to show anybody anything on the doll. Uh, anyway, that seems good. Thanks a lot, you guys. Jack Cation.
you, that you can, that you can seagull it. You can get your seagull on. Oh, I'm going to get my seagull on. Sweet. Uh, now, I have, Dreamy. I have questions about Dungeons & Dragons, and I want to get to those. Oh, do you? But this first, is not comfortable. I want to find out <laughs> okay. if you were aware of your husband's shark fetish before this. <laughs> no. <laughs> like there no, were no, no clues? He's not stocking up on lotion and tissues before Shark Week? <laughs> no. No, there's no shark soup at our wedding. No, there was nothing. <laughs> and we got married at a Chinese restaurant. Because if you get married and you're old... Right? Everyone comes, because it's a spectacle. <laughs> Half of my family was like, I thought you were dead. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so. Now, so Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, D&D. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> D&D, sorry. Sure. No, no, please. Uh, I didn't feel like I was familiar enough to use the. Oh, really? The, the, to be the down ne- with it? Yeah. He's not a poser. Of um, right, right. So You're... I didn't know that the point was to run away from the dragons. Like, why is it in the I title? No. Is, I like completely puts, and entirely agree. It puts a lot of pressure on the dungeons half. Like, is dungeons a big part <laughs> oh, of the game? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes. Okay. We have turned undead. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bad guys besides dragons to fight. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't know, because how many people play D&D? Anybody? Anybody out there playing some D&D? Under, you do, sir? Excellent. Uh, the rest of you? Then let me tell you something. What I didn't know about D&D, I thought it was live-action role-playing. I wow. literally thought you put on a costume, you ran in the woods, and you threw fucking beanbags at each other. I didn't know that it's a board game that you write and play. Somebody writes it out of these books using characters and maps and whatnot mm-hmm. out of these books, and then you sit there, and, and they have spent a lot of time, if they're any good at it, uh, to make it a cool game for you. And uh, it's really fun. Granted, I am a dork chameleon, so whatever thing you want to play, I will play that thing. I'm cool with that. Unless so, it's... will you be going to see Tron Legacy? Oh, he's my husband's working on Tron Legacy, really? the the MMO or whatever, the giant video game that's online. Oh. He did the iPhone one. It, it just got re released uh, with uh, light cycles. Yeah, I'll be going to see Tron Legacy. Now, uh, you mentioned your uh, dorkness, dorkdom. Sure. Okay, and. Uh, you host a podcast, we mentioned it, called The Dork Forest. Right. Where people come on and talk about the various things. Uh, that they enjoy a great deal. That they enjoy and likely other people may not. Sometimes, if I'm lucky. If I'm lucky, <laughs> I'll find a true, like, that's what you're looking for, someone who's totally into bees. Anybody into bees? <laughs> I've been, I found a bird dork, finally, because uh, I've always wanted a birder on. <laughs> and then I found a lady who was a birder. And what? she said, but I'm not even a real birder. <laughs> she was a super dork about birds. It was so awesome. how does, aside from just I guess gaining a lot of knowledge, uh, how is one a bird dork, or is that basically it? They just know a lot about birds. They love it. She loves. He loves birds. She is oh, all... up on bird news as well. Oh, oh my god! She, there's books. There's looking at them. There's having them in her house. There's <laughs> saving them. Like like we. She told me that she, I I inadvertently told her that I walked by a dead dying bird and didn't fix it because i don't know how to fix a dying bird and she was like what call me (laughs) that's a bird dork success i I have a new woman who emailed me and she's like i'm a makeup dork and i was like what does that mean what does it mean a makeup dork and she's like i i get new makeup every like like too often, and she's way. In, I mean, she knows way too much about make. I, I'm going to learn stuff. It's going to. That's the thing about the door. That's what I want. I want to learn whatever weird thing you're too much. And sometimes I don't do enough pre like work. 
uh, before to find out what they're really into. So mm-hmm. we're at like minute 50 and you find out that someone has written 13 letters to Liam Neeson in their life. <laughs> and you're like, what? Why didn't we talk about that? Because we're done now. Uh, we got to wrap it up. So it's weird. I, I, I feel like I'm slacking. Like the things I'm nerdy about are things that a huge number of people nerdy. Like, I need to get into something specific. Oh, no. We, we, you can nerd about... Because the guy I just had on is doing a one-act play uh, based on World of Warcraft. <laughs> that seems basic, doesn't it? That seems like everybody's out there. Millions and millions of people paying 15 bucks a month. Someone's buying land, right? Uh, so it's not like... I mean, that's pretty dorky, though. I mean, and, and lives, are, lives are changed when someone plays World of Warcraft. You know, it's, it's interesting because there's so much condescension and I would venture to say contempt for certain types of, of dorkiness uh, and yet having gone to Comic-Con we, it seems we bring it up like at every uh, live show but having gone to Comic-Con it can be shockingly freeing to just be about this thing that you enjoy and just just let yourself enjoy it right and uh, and that's one of the things and that I like about your show is that it, it's very you ha- I mean the thing is is I mean, ideally, and this isn't, I mean, I, I don't mean to turn into the American way here, but uh, because if you can make money doing the thing that you dork out about, that's sort of the American triumph, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you but if you just truly love birds and are keeping them against, well, the law, uh, <laughs> in her case, because uh, she's keeping, like, really kind of deadly birds that she saved. And I'm like, well, will you release them? And she's like, well, I don't know if they can make it. I do. <laughs> I think you should let them try at the very least. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, it's 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 I, I I love it, and I think that 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 there's so many cool dorks and 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 sort of posers. I feel like the dorkdom thing, the nerd whatever geek thing, has gone to a place. We've all read The Outsiders. It's like that was then. This is now. <laughs> the socias have gone greaser. That's what's happened. <laughs> All right, that's obscure. Okay, so, but I, oh, I did see, I did see movies. I went and saw okay. both Red and Expendables. Okay. Uh, old people action f- movies, right? Mm-hmm. Which, Over at the ArcLight Pasadena. How is the ArcLight Pasadena? It's a lovely moment. You can get a glass of wine, sit really? down in an assigned seat, and sure. watch. Other old people, because it was I was the youngest person there. Uh, everyone else was in their 60s watching people in their 60s solve their problems by punching people. Uh, and that was when I realized that that generation will not be going quietly into the night. They are going to punch people well into their 70s. Because you know what a real spy in their 60s or 70s would do? They would trick you using their words and their intellect and their knowledge and their wisdom to make you not do whatever they're doing. They wouldn't punch. There's no hitting. (laughs) There's no hitting in senior citizen land. Everyone's going to break a hip. And, I mean, it's too big. It was was kind of funny. (laughs) I I just watched uh, Harry Brown, speaking of that. Oh, did uh, you? That's a very old Michael Caine. Just... Killing people in an incredibly violent, like shot somebody and then the blood just like sprays all over okay. Michael Caine. And it's just like, I don't want to think of Alfred like that, just like <laughs> with this blood lust. And, but it's, uh, but it, you hear when you say Alfred, you mean, you mean Alfie. Alf- oh, yes, I do mean Alfie. <laughs> well done, David. Am I the first person to realize that he played Alfie and Alfred? I can't be. I can't I, be. I, I'm, I'm sure he, it occurred to him, <laughs> but aside from that, you and know. Jude I, Law. 
Have you ever seen that? I, I've only heard about this. There's a an interview with him where somebody asks him why he takes the roles that he takes, and he said it was he looks at where it's shooting, and he wonders if he would like to go there, and he <laughs> he he looks into how much they're paying, and so then the person interviewing said Miss Congeniality too, and he goes. Texas. I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> I look would, at how much they're paying. You me. wouldn't know that looking at his resume. You would not. Oh my gosh, he is. I know because it does some expl- of those places. It does explain the fourth Jaws though, because they were in the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, that is nice. Right, that which he nice. skipped the Oscars that he won. Yeah, at for, to shoot Jaws four for Hannah and her sisters who won supporting actor, but couldn't be there. Couldn't do it because he was in uh, that shark movie. Right. I saw Harry Potter and Fair Game too. Because I knew I was doing this show. I went and saw several movies. Like back to back? Uh, almost. It felt like it. I saw Harry Potter one day, mm-hmm. and it was uh, excellent. Hello. And uh, yeah. The, I saw it. I went uh, the opening night at midnight. Sure. Thursday at midnight to see it. And um, I managed to pick a theater that was full of, if you're not a Harry Potter fan, the people you think are Harry Potter's fan, Potter fans, that's who was in my theater. Mm-hmm. And so anytime there was even a hint of romance between, between Ron uh... and Hermione... Titters, kiss, kiss, kiss. Titters and giggles oh, yeah. throughout the theater. It, it actually like, added to the experience. My husband always wanted Harry to go for Luna. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, that it would make nice. more sense. She's, she's much more dynamic than Ginny. I, Sorry, I, I could not, do a, like a Dork Forest episode on Harry Potter. I'm that big. I'm really? that big a I Harry love Potter their dork. treatment of the three brothers. The, the Beetle mm-hmm. the Bard story, the three brothers. That, yeah. was, no, that was great. Yeah. yeah, they did a great job. Uh, we actually did get the lights. We actually <laughs> oh, wrap it up, people. So This has been an evening of just... Awkward outs for the, yeah. uh, for the <laughs> panel session. Just like, listen, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Well, it's been great. Get out. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, thank everybody, you ladies and gentlemen. Education. All right, here we go. Our headliner for the evening is a fan favorite, due primarily to his anger over our not having seen the film Cannonball Run, and his uh, horrific lack of sympathy. For the guy who gets eaten by a bear in Grizzly Man. His hilarious first album, Death of the Party, is now available from a special thing records. We're thrilled to have him here. Please welcome Kyle Kinane. Less than 24 hours ago, I made this statement to a group of people. Anybody drinking wine out of a wine glass at 2 a.m. is probably an asshole. At that point, a woman dressed like Amelia Earhart hit me in the face. (laughs) Now that you possess that knowledge, it should come as no surprise to you that I belong to the Facebook fan page for Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Uh, uh, I initially... uh, I joined that fan page, not so in as much so as that they are delicious, which they are, uh, but more so that I desperately wish there for there to be a geographic location of Cheddar Bay. I want there to be a bay of cheddar somewhere. In my head, it's a beautiful, wonderful, magical place where the ships come in from a long journey at sea and they slosh into the, the cheesy waves and the salty mist hits them. And they're like, oh, I'm going to see my port lady. Um, which I think is a legitimate term for some slag you got at a bar. And, but whatever. Either way, for the, the reason I don't know if I have been privy to witness the most beautiful thing on earth with a, like some kind of utopian joining of technology and human compassion, 
or if I've seen the demise of society. But what happened? The day that Michael Jackson died, for some reason, the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits fan page became an unofficial forum for mourning over the loss of the King of Pop. I don't know why. It just turned out that way. And if you go on there and you go back to the day he died, he, there, there are just dozens and dozens of comments of people just like, oh my God, Michael, it was terrible what you had to go through in this world. I hope you're finding peace in heaven. Like, all right, a recording legend, a true recording legend. Rest in peace, Michael. We'll love you forever. But like every 30 or 35 comments, somebody would just chime in totally ignorant of the news that Michael Jackson died, just about their love of Cheddar Biscuits, you know? They were just... So, clearly, some of them, like, that's their priorities. They just wake up, they stretch out, and then they log on and say, what's going on with my Cheddar Bay people? Because the best one is, like, 36 comments deep. All of a sudden, just, all just, just, this. Just people just shocked that Michael Jackson died, and there's just one comment, man, <laughs> just says like, "Man, those cheddar biscuits are delicious." Am I right? And with it, because you could see the time, like it was so quickly policed by the cheddar biscuit community that, like, a minute later, somebody was just like, "Listen, man, today isn't about cheddar biscuits. Today's about MJ, okay?" And you could almost feel the remorse through your computer monitor of that guy, like. I didn't even know. I am so sorry. I didn't. I just go right here. I go to MSNBC after I go to the Cheddar Bay Biscuits fan page. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, good evening, fellow beards and glasses. Thanks for having me in your lair. Um... I haven't. We, we'll address these movie things that I talk about afterwards. I have never... I don't watch films. I did find my... I, got, I never got more heat. I wrote a Twitter thing. I, this is what I wrote on Twitter. I wrote, when I was, once when I was little, I dropped a brick on a frog, but this Drew Barrymore roller derby movie is still the worst thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> And roller derby ladies, oh, they're a spicy bunch. I received invites from several different cities to come there to have my ass kicked. (laughs) To which I replied, hey, are you confusing being loud with being interesting? (laughs) Which didn't go over well. That's not a a topic for for later on other things. Um, I I am, uh, I made a... I, I'm not rich. I now have the amount of money that a 34-year-old should have if they applied themselves for the last 20 years like a responsible person. I've stumbled into it by drunkenly telling stories about where I've put my penis. <laughs> and they've given me money for it. This truly is a wonderful town. Um, but I, I'm not. it's not like... I don't have the responsibility involved in earning the money. It's like somebody just gave it to me and said, there you go, shit face. I'm like, oh, you know what I, you know what I need? A brand new Fender Stratocaster. I don't play guitar. But they look so shiny in the guitar center windows. 
No, Kyle, what you need is to be able to eat a piece of candy but not move your head like it's a game of labyrinth so it doesn't hit that one tooth that makes your brain freeze up. What, what, what you need is to be able to breathe in the cool, crisp fall air without wincing. That's what you need. Go to the dentist, you dumb shit. That's what you need. I have no, but I still have the tendencies of a poor person. This is the thing, like, I, I, I am now, I, I am privileged to be a professional comedian. I, I couldn't be luckier to be able to do this for my life. But it means I have to spend long stretches of time on the road, just in the middle. I had to spend two weeks in Winnipeg, Canada. And if you haven't been to Winnipeg, Canada, ooh, boy, listen, <laughs> let me tell you, let me, let me break down what excitement is in Winnipeg, Canada. The hottest night I spent those two weeks was a Tuesday night where what I did, get a load of this, guys, I got really stoned by myself. <laughs> then I ordered a pizza. <laughs> then I forgot I ordered the pizza. <laughs> then I became emotionally involved with a television show on country music television called Pick a Puppy, which... <laughs> If you cannot deduce from the title, the premise of said show is you will take a person or persons and then you will present them with a selection of puppies. And I'll be damned over the course of the next half hour. I know it really seems like it should be an hour long program. Over the course of the next half hour, these sons of bitches have to pick out a puppy. And I will tell you. They, oh, they, that editor is working overtime because 12 minutes in, I am standing on the couch yelling at the television, get the golden retriever, it's a loyal creature. Airedale Terrier, you dumb whore, get off my television. At which point, the doorbell rang and I immediately thought it was the police because nobody in the history of Winnipeg, Canada has ever expressed that type of emotion ever. They are very, they're a tightly wound, bottled, repressed society. Maybe once when Winnipeg was founded, they lit off a firework and one guy clapped and they're like, hey, that's what fun looks like. But, so I, with hesitation, uh, I, I walked up to the door, opened up the little peephole, saw the pizza guy, which I got a pizza, pizza from a place called Boston Pizza. You know, Boston, renowned for pizza. Especially in Canada. I saw it, and I, thinking he can't hear me when I'm right next to the door, I just said, pizza, what an awesome idea. Good job, Canaan. And then I couldn't make eye contact with the guy. I was just so high, and I, I couldn't, like, I think it was maybe even a woman. I was just like, hey, here's money for pizza. I bought it like it was drugs. I'm like, this is fine what we're doing. It was so obvious. But that's what happens because you're alone and you're just, I'm just in hotel rooms for extended period of time by myself. And I don't have the, you think, oh, I'll get work done, I'll write, I'll do this. I just turn into an animal. I just turn into a, just a creepy, creepy animal. I just, it's like you're just masturbating for the eighth time in a day where at one point I caught my reflection. I was like, you have a mother and a father. Stop it. Knock it off. You have people that love you in this world. It's not... You're like, an, you're like a dog that rubs it. It feels good. I'm going to rub it on a thing. I don't know. It, loneliness is a, it's a, it's a broad... It's an emotion, so it's not easily defined. It can be... It could be, it could be the, 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 the physical isolation from mankind, 
or it could be uh, just lacking the simple courage to say hello to somebody sitting next to you on a bus or a train or something. I know loneliness for me, I define exactly as the point where I remembered I forgot I was masturbating one day. <laughs> what had happened, I was, I, I was in the shower and I, I had the, bo- the boner there where you're just like, well, we know what we do with these. And I just, <laughs> I just, I just uh, yeah, threw a blue collar elbow into it, just gave it the old Foxworthy, you know, just having at it. And, uh, I, my eye caught, I had bought the sample, I gotta get the sample shampoo. It's not for my head, but for my face, because I got a lot of hair on it. And uh, I bought, I accidentally bought uh, dandruff shampoo. I bought a little head and shoulders. And as I'm sitting there, just fucking, just putting an effort in, I, pu- I see that, and I, to myself, in my head, I'm like, you don't have dandruff. And then I remembered that's like the ad campaign for head and shoulders. It's like, I said, I don't have dandruff. So then out loud, I said, exactly. <laughs> I had a little chuckle about it. Because I'm like, You're still, you still got it. You still got it, Kadeen. That's quick, because you said that. I was like, I was doing something else. And I was like, I looked down. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful day when you can't keep yourself interested in yourself. <laughs> I ate wet food off of the carpet once. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chicken. I got a chicken pita from some place, <laughs> and I was like, "I got the spicy carrots." I'm like, "Oh, I like those spicy carrots." <laughs> yeah, put them, put them on there. Go on, do it with the with the carrots. And I got it home, and it was just, it was like heavy in the bag. I was excited, you know, when food's weighty. I don't even care if it's good. I'm like, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, how much did you pay? Four fifty? It's gonna be delicious <laughs> because because of the deal because you got an amount. It's like gold. It's like, uh, it's, how much does it weigh? And I, got, I, got, and I took it out, and like two or three of the biggest spicy carrots on the top fell right on the hotel carpet. And I instinctively, I grabbed them. I snatched them up. But I paused after I grabbed them just long enough for, to realize you do know right from wrong. <laughs> That, just a, a, a fraction of a second, just grab them, don't do it, do it. Put them in the mouth, right in the mouth. And then chewed them like, eh, that was wet. That was, a wet. that was wet food you dropped on the carpet. You can't do that with your life. <laughs> you can't do that and still like put out an eHarmony profile with optimism. <laughs> you know? What's your interest? I wouldn't say it's an interest, but I'll eat stuff that falls on the floor if I, uh, if I get it quick enough. Well, because, you know, it's, a, it's, it's wasteful otherwise. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, a, I'm not a wasteful person. I use, I use junk mail to cover food when I microwave it. I, and I don't know if that's weird. Like, you're not supposed to, nobody says you're not supposed to heat up Target coupons, you know, but... Like, I have the ink or something, but it's like, what am I going to buy paper towels? Fuck that, man. They're, they're delivering that shit right to my door. Here, you want, you want to make some chili? Here's a, here's a penny saver. I mean, it's dirtbag to a lot of people. Some other people just make sense, you know? It's like, why not? Can I just end the comedy there? That was fun. I think, absolutely. Thanks, That's... guys. Thank you. Kyle Canane, ladies I'll and gentlemen. I'll do the up top. I'll do the up top. All right. Mike Siegel has started a trend. 
It's a, well, it's a good, and I get to sit like this, which I don't get to do often. But it feels like we're crotch really, out. It feels like we're, we're really going to get into something, though, right here. Yeah. Wait. Hey, what's going on, bros? <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel I have to start every sentence with a. Ah, oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you how life works. <laughs> How's it going there, Kyle? It's going pretty good. All right. Yeah, thanks thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's a nice time. <laughs> so, so uh, oh, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, Kyle, I know you don't see a lot of movies. Have uh, you seen any movies lately? I, I, saw, I saw 127 Hours. And uh-huh. the best, it was a good movie. But the funniest part is that some woman, pure emotional reaction when he, he cuts his arm off. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that part. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> when he cuts his arm off, some woman was just so emotionally involved in the movie, she started clapping at that point. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's the most insulting response to what that man just did. Because it could just be like, look what you can't do anymore. <laughs> like, <I'm> just <laughs> <started> clapping. <laughs> You're going to find out what the sound of, sound of one hand doing this will be. <laughs> You're going to be philosophical after this. I, did, I saw that. And I watched some, uh, I saw something else. <laughs> Did you guys, how about this? Did you guys watch uh, Cannonball Run yet? No. No. So why do I have to see anything? <laughs> why do I have to be expected to see something when I come on a movie podcast? You guys haven't even seen, how could you call yourself American <laughs> without having seen Cannonball Run? I think every movie that a guest has talked about tonight, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Taken. I haven't seen mm-hmm. The Expendables. I haven't seen Red. No. You don't like anything that's fun. <laughs> Apparently not. You just like to see stuff that, that when you're done, you can go, oh, I'm into film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's but, but you don't like walking out of a field and going, that was awesome. Let's get a McRib and fucking smoke a joint in the car. <laughs> I did see 127 Hours. You did? Well, that, because that crosses over. For me, I, I like the outdoors. That's why I'm like, how did he, what did he do? He's going, oh, you got to bite your own tendons. That's good to know. You like the outdoors, and yet you choose to spend an evening in beautiful Canada watching I Pick Your Puppy. Choo- and- I was in Winnipeg, Canada. It wasn't like I was in uh, Whistler or something. It wasn't like in some beautiful part. It was across from uh, McDonald's with a fireplace. <laughs> that was it. Somebody's like, "Oh, you're across from the fancy McDonald's." <laughs> so it's, wait, in it's Canada, you can't McDonald's. you can't yeah. like rent a team of sled dogs that are on every corner. <laughs> no, no, you can no. What? What did? No, there was like there was a ladybug infestation in the <laughs> in the in the condo I was in. It was because you don't kill. Nobody kills ladybugs. It's still a bug. <laughs> it's still an insect. But you'd see it, and you're like, ah, oh, it's okay. <laughs> but it's still, you flip it over, it looks like anything else, any other insect that you would immediately hit with a shoe. <laughs> but because it looks like a little like a little piece of candy moving across the wall, when it's right side up, you're like, ah, it's good luck. It's not good, it's, it's, it's an insect problem. I, I feel like, like ah, go for it. Like, I feel like Winnipeg having a ladybug infestation at the same time that New York City had the bedbug infestation is only going to feed the sort of New York sensibility of... Like we, tough assholes. Like if you got, can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Love, We've got bed bugs. I love that 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 whole bristly like ah, oh, it's a, it's a grizzled New York attitude. We got <laughs> oh, I got a. I'm listening to Tom Waits on vinyl, and I got an empty whiskey bottle, 
and there's a pipe that you could touch that might be hot in my weird apartment from the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's it's so convenient to be depressed and artistic in that environment. It's so, like, it's made for, like, ooh, I'm down and downtrodden in New York. Like, no, come to Los Angeles where everything is stucco and made in the 70s and just beige <laughs> and ruin your favorite shirt because you fell on the stucco of your apartment. Like, that's depressing, where every, everything in your apartment is just beige carpeting and beige walls and press board cabinets. And like, like, be depressed around there. Be uniquely. That's, that's good depression. Not when you've got a delightful environment for it. Like, oh, look, I got roaches and a, uh, a fucking cat with one eye and blah. Such an artist. It's like, no, come out here where everything is so oatmeal bland and be truly depressed. <laughs> then talk to me about it. I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm a real cheerful guy these days. <laughs> now, I know that uh, when you're on the show, you're a big fan because you say you're kind of a, an outdoorsy type. Uh, you I like BMX bikes. That's one thing that I. You, Are you, you going to talk kept... about Rad or BMX Bandits right now? Uh, I've never seen BMX Bandits. I've seen Rad. Can I just step on whatever you were going to talk about? Don't... Go right ahead. No, I don't have anything. But <laughs> but BMX Bandits was on the other day. I was like, oh, yeah. Now, I've not seen BMX Bandits. Sweet old what's, hutch. What's, what's it about? Who's in that? Nicole Kidman. Really? Really? Yeah. A rat only Just has Just blew Lori your Loughlin. mind, movie nerds. <laughs> Nicole Kidman is in a BMX movie from Australia from 1982. And, and Rad has Lori Laughlin. So. Oh, that's right. I feel like Lori Laughlin is now the the poor man's Nicole Kidman. I, that, see, I watch a BMX movie and not notice a girl in it. Like, oh, <laughs> 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 well, that's a that's a sweet red line right there, man. <laughs> So was that? What was that? That's like a horror. That's like a horror race. Anyway, that's me. That's my nerd thing. Now I don't. Uh, this I is thought gonna... you were into Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Which one do you like more, Cheddar Bay Biscuits or BMX bikes? Don't, oh. Why? What's why? <laughs> See, th- people ask you that, and it's like, why should you have to answer that question? <laughs> There's not anything at stake to it, so I can just say I, bo- I like them both. Go screw yourself. <laughs> I feel like you can like both of them for a number of years, well, and what, after a while, you have to choose. What's why can never? Why can somebody never like two things at one time? <laughs> why is all the like L.A. versus New York? No, L.A. and New York—they're both wonderful cities. That's the way I was about Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker. Everyone said Heath Ledger's like, oh, he's great. Nicholson sucks. You, no, he was good too. You have just to in a different choose. Movie. Yeah. Why, no. Why can't you just like different stuff? <laughs> equally in the world. I, I don't know why you're giving me the stink eye. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm it to your si- listeners. Oh, okay. All right. Speaking of one of my listeners, that's right, my <laughs> listeners. Um, Ooh, man. claimed. Sorry, I instinctively say that. Uh, but, uh, oh, oh, lights are going out. What did you do to this light? Kyle? I don't know what happened over there. <laughs> I, cho- I, I ignored the light going out because this will be an audio presentation right, right. later. Um, Lights are doing crazy things, man. Yeah, believe it or not, a, in. a few more people will hear <laughs> to the this podcast, podcast. near, but all the lights are nuts. Uh, so I'm sorry, you were talking about one of your listeners. One, one of one of my beloved listeners uh, that you have contempt for. He uh, he took a a uh, an audio clip from your episode in which we were all talking about Grizzly Man, oh, yeah. and you talked about. How hilarious it was that this man was eaten was. by a bear. It was a, it was a fantastic movie. And <laughs> comedy. It was a fantastic comedy. So, so somebody took that little like five-minute section, uh, put it with the poster from Grizzly Man, and made a YouTube clip out of it. And uh, 
And uh, people don't like us now. Uh, <laughs> really? Like, on that clip, they really, they're like, you guys are so heartless. I'm like, well, in our, brought, our defense, one guy was heartless. I brought hatred upon you? Yeah, I guess so. Why? Where, where have they expressed hatred? In the, you know, in the comments. YouTube for, comments. Yeah. Who, yeah, Usually but who's a upset? Civil... Some other asshole that's going to walk into nature and be like, bears are my friends. Like, then fuck them. Whatever. <laughs> But I guess Tyler brings it up because the YouTube's comment section is usually such a you know a civil oh, place. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, a, a plethora of, of, <laughs> of uh, good choices and intelligent discourse. A modern day salon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, the the only reason I brought that up was to see if I could re- <laughs> see if I could rekindle uh, your your contempt for Timothy Treadwell from Grizz- Grizzly <laughs> Man. I'm and you got angry again at him. Else. Okay. Like, all right, like 127 hours. That guy's just enjoying nature and mm-hmm. uh, some some unfortunate circum- circumstances mm-hmm. had befallen him. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Treadwell is a guy that just decided that he was going to be friends with bears. That's the same reason. <laughs> it's the same reason when somebody gets eaten at a circus. I'm like, yeah, good, go fuck yourself. You know, it's like you don't – like. It's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to be friends with predators. <laughs> then, then you know what? Then go into prison. Go into prison and make friends. Go into, go into lockdown and just, uh, just go, hey, I'm here because I'm just a guy in a place I'm not supposed to be. What's your name? Doesn't matter. I'm going to call you Mr. Cinnamon. You know, it's like, do, do that. And then when you get stabbed with a toothbrush, fucking good. See you later. You know what? It's like, it's, like, you're not supposed to be there like that. I like going camping. If I get eaten by a bear because I went into the woods, yeah, okay. Not a tragedy. I welcome. I didn't go naming bears and standing in front of them with a camera like, hey, these are my friends. I'm tempting it. And I'm still saying, no remorse if a bear eats me because I decided to go backpacking in a place where there's bears. Oh, well, shit, I probably just... Put a nail in my old grave right there. <laughs> but no, if, if you court danger and danger says, oh, hey, you're here, and then takes your life, then there's no remorse. There shouldn't, you, why should you feel bad about that? Well, it's I mean, not it's, a tragedy. Well, it's, it's, you know, sad that the person... No, it's not. <laughs> Here's the thing. The thing Who's sad? Maybe, yeah, mom and dad, family. Why do I have to be sad? Why do you have to be sad about a guy that thought he could be friends with bears and get eaten by a bear? Because you're a person. You're a human being. There's a lot of people. There's more people than bears. Good for the bears. (laughs) All right, Kyle Kinane, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. Kyle Kinane. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to our show, our fourth one. Uh, We are... What's that? We are glad to be uh, hosted by Meltdown Comics, who are, by the way, doing an awesome uh, uh, comic book trivia night next Friday, December 10th, which you should all go to. Absolutely. Tyler will be there. This is Because we know this is a trivia crowd. You know, you guys <laughs> responded to it so much. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Of course, uh, all the performers tonight have been guests on the show. And uh, so you can go to BattleshipPretension.com and, uh, and listen to those episodes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you for coming. All right. We'll get you next time. Bye.